All right, Keith. So this is our final segment of the day, which will be the NBA talk, weekly NBA talk with myself and Keith Jacobs. So first off, let's start off with the Lakers game recaps against the Cavs and Bulls and also today against OKC. Let's start off with recapping the game against OKC. I saw that game before I went on air with you and the Lakers put that game to bed against Russell Westbrook in the Thunder. They did put that game to bed, and Russell Westbrook was uh, virtually non-existent uh, in overtime. He shot 7 of 30 for the game, and, you know, I know he's never been a, a great shooter to begin with, but now it's just it's just becoming absolutely brutal with him. Um, I love what I saw out of Lonzo Ball tonight. Obviously, I, lo- I continue to love what I'm seeing out of Kyle Kuzma. I'm a firm believer right now that Kuzma has proven himself over this stretch of games that LeBron's been out, that he is the guy out of these young guys. And I I just continue to question. I I don't know whether it's a him issue or it's a player development staff issue with the Los Angeles Lakers, but what the hell is happening to Brandon Ingram? He looks like he has not progressed at all. If anything, he looks like he's regressed. His numbers are down from last year. And tonight he's – He's one of nine from the floor, oh two from three. He looks like he looked like confidence in his jumper whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, he's just not the player of last year. I mean, he looks lost. I mean, I still believe in Ingram. I'm not gonna give up on Ingram. I'm obviously a big believer in Brandon Ingram, and I know he's gonna get to be a great player for the Lakers. But right now, he just looks lost. He does look lost. And, uh, you know, like uh, I agree with you, I wouldn't completely sell my stock on, on Brandon Ingram yet. He's still, you know, he's still a young guy. He's only in his third year. He still has some room to grow. Um, but for me, you know, he's, you know, I, I have ball jumping ahead of him in kind of my, kind of my hierarchy of, of how I'm thinking of these young guys. Obviously, I have Kuzma number one. I have uh, Lonzo number two right now. And, you know, obvi- I, Hart is what he is. I think Hart is a really, really good player. But I got to tell you something. I, I've seen much better things, especially tonight, out of Avika Zubak than I have out of Brandon Ingram. And, and it's just more of a consistency issue for me. Yeah, I mean, Kuzma is so far shown that he's going to be the next Kobe on the Lakers. I think Ingram can get up there too, but I just think, the more time he develops and gets stronger, put more body weight on him, he's going to be fine. He'll, he'll be fine in a game respect. The one thing that I want to see from him, and I've been saying this a little bit about Lonzo Ball too, I, like, I need to see some dog. I need to see some dog, and I need to see it every night because I don't see the intensity from Brandon Ingram on a consistent basis. I mean, just take a look at, the, take a look at these – the, the the stat lines over the last few games, right? So Ingram goes for 22 against the Cavs, who, uh, you know, that's a team that a guy like Brandon Ingram with his offensive skill set should be able to score on at will. Um, he goes for, uh, uh, I, I wouldn't call it measly, but it's not a great 16 against one of the worst teams in the league, again, in the Chicago Bulls. And then tonight he goes up against an OKC team. Now, granted, they're a, a pretty decent defending team as far as defending the perimeter is concerned. But he's just he, he just looks like he just can't get into any sort of a consistent rhythm. And for me, that's a problem because – and I'm going to go back to something that I heard from uh, a guy that I like to listen to and Chris Broussard the other day. When you have a guy like a LeBron James on a team who's a superstar and he's out, what you should see from the other guys is, okay, 
the superstars out. I'm going to step up and I'm going to take more shots and I'm going to take control of the ball more. I just don't see that intensity and that fire to do that on a consistent basis from Brandon Ingram. It's not his skill set that worries me. It's just the intensity and the, and the, the focus from a game-to-game basis that worries me. Yeah, I think Brandon Ingram needs to be a more tougher. I mean, I love Ingram. Don't get me wrong on him. I still am a big believer in him to be that guy for the Lakers, be that next Kobe. I still am, but I'm not giving up on him. The reason why he's struggling, it's not – I'm not giving up on Ingram just because he's struggling right now. He looks lost. He's not himself. And Lonzo Ball, I just want to see that intensity more out of him to drive into the basket, be a good free throw shooter. Brandon Ingram is not that good of a free throw shooter, but I want to see Brandon Ingram – average 30 points a game I want to see Lonzo Ball average 20 points per game and also average assists I I think that and I think that that's what their ceiling is obviously you know Ball had a really really nice game tonight a double double 18 points 10 assists um uh, Brandon Ingram had a a surprisingly nice passing game but I think that's what happens when you're not confident in your shot Mm -hmm. the way that he was um you know I, I I think that these two guys you know obviously with them being such high picks both at the number two slot, I think the the inclination for a lot of fans is these guys by year three, maybe four next year, you'd love to see them really pop. And I think this was the year that I was kind of looking for Ingram to pop. He went from nine points a game in his rookie year to around 16 last year. And I, I just haven't really seen that pop again. Like, you know, I, I'm with you. I'm not selling my stock on Brandon Ingram by any means. I would just have loved to have seen more growth. Yeah, I mean, I think the growth is there for Ingram, but he's just got to show it. I mean, he he is very capable of showing it, but I know he's young. He can't use that as, as an excuse. He's just got to show it. He's just got to play with heart and passion. I think that will come when it comes, but I consider players a bust if they don't if they don't progress in their fifth year in the league. I give them the first four years time. I do too. I do too. And you know, that that's why that that's another reason why I'm not selling my stock on him. Um, but you know, again, I, I just, and hopefully maybe LeBron coming back will kind of set him straight. Maybe LeBron will be able to give him some guidance on how to, uh, you know, how to kind of maybe set himself right. I hope that happens. Um, one guy that I have really, I'm going to move away from Brandon Ingram for a second and talk about, uh, a guy that I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, and that's Avika Zubats. I, I really love what I've been seeing from him. And, you know, 28 minutes tonight, he was incredibly efficient from the floor, 12 of 14 shooting. Um, he's clearly a guy that while I, I, I would love to see him be able to make that leap into the starting lineup, whether you have him as your starting center or a six man off the bench, this is clearly a dude for this team that's going to be incredibly productive. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's his time now. I mean, he's really worked hard to be a starter. And uh, talk about in the pa- the game recap last week on Sunday against the Cavs. The Lakers looked lost. That they made me fall asleep losing to the Cavs, and that was not an excuse. That was unacceptable. No, that that is you. You can't. It, you know, obviously, we talk about losing to the Knicks is unacceptable, but you're. I, I, you know, the Cavs are arguably not even it, not even arguably. They're actually are wor- completely worse than than the New York Knicks. And to go into that game and and to, you know, to have that type of performance that they did is is just embarrassing. And we talked about the fact that it was embarrassing with the 
uh, with the New York Knicks. But, I mean, just my, my God, you have three straight teams in a row with some of the worst records in the league. And you, you can't go one and two in three games against the Cavs, the Knicks, and the Bulls. I don't even give them the excuse that they had no LeBron. You know, no LeBron or LeBron, those are teams that you should beat. That's a stretch that you need to go three and oh. There's no excuse. Yeah, that is no excuse. And beating the Bulls, I like. That was a very good win. I like the way we played that game against the Bulls. But a game I'm looking forward to this weekend for the Lakers is playing against James Harden, the Rockets. I'm looking forward to seeing the Lakers play against my favorite player in the league in Harden. And then that MLK game on Monday night against the Warriors. It should be good, uh, both of those games. Um, I already know for a fact uh, it, it was reported that LeBron James is not going to be ready for the Houston game. Uh, it remains to be seen whether he will be ready for the Golden State game. I wouldn't be completely surprised if he's held out of that one just to give him even more time to recuperate from that injury. Um, but I think coming off of a win tonight against the uh, against the Oklahoma City Thunder, there should be some good momentum going into that Houston Rockets game against uh, James Harden. And obviously that's the main guy that you're going to want to slow down in that offense. So um, I think having that overtime win tonight should give them some positive momentum going into that game, and hopefully we'll see uh, pickup performances again from Kuzma and Ingram. Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. And um, I think um, I think now, now that we talked about that for the Lakers, and let's talk about some teams that are going to be tough to beat down the stretch and which teams I have that I have feelings that have been a big disappointment all year long. So let's start off with being – with the teams that I think are going to be tough to beat down the stretch. And for me, one of those teams that I see are going to be a force down the stretch is the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz are going to be a force down the stretch. And I think that we we talk about the disappointments. They're actually one of my, one of my bigger disappointments. I really love this roster. I have loved this roster for, you know, the last couple of years. I love Quinn Snyder, their head coach. I think he's one of the better coaches in the league. Um, And I think to, to be in the position they're in they're they're not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination, but I think this is a team that I would have you know, liked to have seen in maybe the top five in the Western Conference at this point. Um, I think that the, you know, obviously with the way that they're rolling right now with James Harden, the Houston Rockets are going to be tough down the stretch. And in the Eastern Conference, um, I, I think the Boston Celtics are, good, are, are starting to kind of get it together a little bit. And uh, obviously the Toronto Raptors, I think, are arguably outside of, Milwaukee and maybe Boston, the best team in the East. Oh, definitely. But I also think in the East for me, who I think is going to be a force down the stretch, I picked my forces, the Utah Jazz. I think the, the, the team that I view as, as a tough team to beat in the East down the stretch. And I think is going to be making that six spot in the East is the Detroit Pistons, because I think the bad boys and Brent and, uh, Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, those guys will be the reason why the Pistons are going to be in the playoffs this year. And they should be the reason why. And it's two formidable guys, two guys with playoff experience. Obviously, Blake has been to the playoffs multiple times with the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, I I think that, you know, I I don't really trust Charlotte staying in that eight seed just because I think that, especially down the stretch, it's going to be a little tougher for a guy like a Kemba Walker to continually have to shoulder the load. Um, I do see them being able to sneak in for that seven, eight seed, maybe even come up to that six, depending on how uh, the season turns out for Brooklyn and Miami. 
Um, I do like them as well down the stretch. I also like Philadelphia. I know they have a little bit of a uh, uh, a chemistry riled up type of issue right now with Jimmy Butler, but I think ultimately with the talent that they have on that team, they're going to be a pretty tough presence. Oh, yeah, totally with the Sixers. But, I mean, I think now let's get to my disappointments. So, for the for the West, who I think really has been disappointing me this year, who I think should be starting to compete by now, is the Phoenix Suns. Oh, the Phoenix uh, – I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really I, – I, I disagree with you a little bit, and the only reason why is just because of the fact that I still know – that all around on that roster, they're retooling. Now, I, I do agree with you that I don't think that the fact that they're in last place is acceptable. Um, I think that with the talent that they have, a guy like a guy like Devin Booker, who's a top five player at his position, uh, DeAndre Ayton, the number one overall pick, I think that they should be a little higher than they are. Um, I look for them maybe in a couple of years to be a little bit more of a contender. I like the direction they're going. Um, I've been pleasantly surprised with Sacramento, um, and to be, and I'm disappointed with Minnesota. I'm disappointed with the growth that I, the growth or lack thereof that I've seen with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. Oh, I mean, I love that roster. Like I said, for the Timberwolves, I love that roster, to be honest with you. I think that roster has a ton of talent, but they just don't seem to want to want to compete. They just want to play their own style of basketball, but they just—I mean—they got to get a younger head coach that's going to teach those two. They do, they do, and I think that Jimmy Butler really put it into you know into perspective for everybody. I mean, those two—you know—we we talk about the fact that we mentioned Brandon Ingram, a guy that needs to gain some dog. Andrew Wiggins and and Ken, Carl Anthony Towns, with the talent that they have, there's absolutely no excuse for them not being able to step up in, in a in a bigger light than they already have. And, I mean, a team like this, they're 6-16 six and 16 on the road. Typically, younger teams don't play great uh, away from home. But, I mean, it's just been it, – it's it's been a disappointing year in Minnesota for them. And, you know, hopefully maybe Ryan Saunders, the new uh, interim young head coach, can maybe spark a fire in this team. But it's – you know, I, I'm incredibly disappointed. I'm also a little bit disappointed with New Orleans – I know it was going to be a step back losing Rajon Rondo from that roster, but I mean, with a, a top five player in the world and Anthony Davis, you should be able to do a little bit better than what they are right now, 21 and 24. Yeah. I mean, it's the West, but I think, you know, I think the Pelicans are definitely going to be in the race for the playoffs uh, down the stretch. But I also forgot to mention for our awards for the NBA, I'll run, run you the predictions real quickly in just a minute. <laughs> And because I forgot last week, I forgot to to predict our sixth man of the year award. So we'll get to that in just a minute. But my disappointment in the East is the Cleveland Cavaliers. My disappointment in the they're they're certainly just a an, an absolute dumpster fire. I literally don't even know how to describe what in the world that is. It's like it's like watching. It's it's just I can you know I'm at a loss for words right now, as you can clearly see. I don't have any way to put it in there. I'm going to – one of my bigger disappointments, and they have been for the the last few years just because they've hit such a low plateau, well, such a low ceiling, and really have never burst into what I thought with their talent level could be a pretty solid team, uh, is the Washington Wizards. I know that John Walls had some injuries, and there's been, you know, obviously chemistry issues, and, and I don't think Scott Brooks is, has been the right coach for that team. 
Um, but they've always had talent. Uh, John Wall is a, obviously a great talent, former number one overall pick. Bradley Beal is, a, is one of the more underrated shooting guards in the game. Um, and, you know, that they're just a team that I, I've always seen have a low ceiling as far as what they've been able to do. I've always thought that that was a team that could potentially compete to get to an Eastern Conference championship in the past. And they're just not they're, they're just not playing to their potential. They're just lost. The Washington Wizards have all this talent on their roster and now they're just lost. I mean, Scott Brooks has got to be fired at season's end. You don't fire him now. He, I, I, sorry. I meant, no, that's okay. I meant Scott Brooks has got to be fired at the end of the season. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. He is absolutely not the right coach for that team. And, um, and, and the worst part about it is right now is that even if they wanted to go into a rebuild, they're stuck. They're stuck. Because you're not going to tr- – you can't get rid of John Wall's contract. His contract kicks in next year where his super max is $40 million a year over the next four years. You have Bradley Beal on a pretty high contract around mid-$20 million for the next three or so. His contract is a little bit more tradable, but they don't really have cap room. They don't have a lot of growth potential. So they're basically going to have to rebuild through the draft with a bunch of young 19-year-olds and – who knows that that could take years. And obviously like we, you know, like me and you agree, Scott Brooks has to go. Scott Brooks absolutely has to go. And I, I don't really know what to make of the Washington wizards. They're in the one place that any professional sports team, let alone an NBA team does not want to be in. They're kind of just in the, what the hell do we do now type of stage? Yeah. They just, they're just clueless. The Washington wizards look clueless. They, and it's, and it's sad. It's really sad just because I, I, you know, I love Bradley Beal, and I, I think John Wall is an absolutely tremendous player. But they, you know, they, they hit such a low plateau. And, you know, once they started getting ready guys like a Kelly Oubre, and then they handed out a, a massive and I, I don't think really well-deserved contract to Otto Porter, you know, they're, they're stuck. And it's really, it's really a shame. They're going to be in the position that they're in for the next four, five, maybe six years. Oh, yeah, for sure. But before we pay, predict our early – prediction of the 2019 NBA Finals. I'm going to run through with you quickly on the NBA awards because I forgot last week our sixth man of the year awards. So I have for rookie of the year, Luka Doncic. For uh, most improved player, Kyle Kuzma. For defensive player of the year, I changed my mind. It's going to be Anthony Davis. The MVP of the NBA this year is going to be the Greek Freak. And my sixth man of the year award will go to uh, Lou Williams. I can. I have actually exactly the same exact six man of the year award as you. I have uh, Lou Williams for that. My MVP was James Harden. Uh, Luka Doncic is my unanimous um, NBA Rookie of the Year. I don't think it's going to be uh, pretty close in the in that regard. Um, I have Giannis as my Defensive Player of the Year, and I had Mike Malone of the Denver Nuggets as my Coach of the Year. For my Coach of the Year, still I have Nick Nurse. And which is a fantastic pick. I think the Toronto Raptors, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second. I, I think the Raptors are going to, I think the Raptors right now, as I see them, are going to be the team that comes out of the Eastern Conference. Oh, for sure. And, and with that, my prediction for the 2019 NBA Finals, it's going to be the Warriors and Raptors and the Warriors win it in seven. I think that I, I agree with you too. I think it's going to be a hard fought series. Um, I think a lot of people are going to give you are going to give pushback on the idea of, you know, the, that the Warriors being pushed to a, a seven game series. But listen, you talk about the Toronto Raptors. This is a team that 
has great depth. And, you know, I, I don't, you know, I've never been one to say that depth has mattered in the NBA playoffs because clearly it didn't matter for the Toronto Raptors last year when they got completely blown out of the water by LeBron James. But, you know, no, obviously no LeBron in the playoffs this year. So it's going to be a little more smooth sailing for them at the top. You talk about guys with playoff experience like Danny Green on that roster. Um, Kyle Lowry hopefully is able to build on what have been playoff struggles in the past. Uh, Danny Green is a guy that is a, has always been a really good playoff guy, good three-point shooter. Um, and I really love the growth from a guy who I did not see this coming from is Pascal Siakam. Don't rule out Pascal Siakam being one of, one of the most improved players in the NBA and making – a case to be in that starting lineup per- permanently and just moving on completely from Jonas Valanciunas. Oh, I, I don't rule it out at all. And I'm disappointed in the lack of growth that I've seen from Jonas Valanciunas. I think that he's always had the skill set to be a really, really solid center in the NBA. And um, I, I, I'm a little bit disappointed in that regard, but this Toronto Raptors team is a very deep roster up and down. They've got good coaching. Obviously, now they have a true superstar player in Kawhi Leonard, the best uh, two-way player in the NBA. And then, you know, the, the Golden State Warriors are the Golden State Warriors. You know, everybody knows that they're going to they're, they're gonna run through the Western Conference. I think it's arguable that they may even sweep through the Western Conference this year. Who knows? I mean, yes, but what I thought last year, the, the NBA Finals last year was boring because you know the Warriors were going to sweep LeBron and the Cavs in four. And I was predicting – Last season, I wanted Harden against Simmons in the NBA Finals. I thought I wanted a change. Oh, I wanted a change, too. I would have loved to have even seen the Rockets versus the Cavs in the NBA Finals. Oh. I, still, I still think the Rockets would have won, but I think it would have been 100 times more competitive than it was with the Warriors and the Cavs. I would have agreed with that because um, I, I think – um, if the Rockets would have played the Cavs in the finals, which I would have liked to see, I would have wanted to see that sweep easily. And James oh, Harden yeah. would have won the MVP of the NBA Finals. Oh yeah, and that would have been, and that would have been more validation for him that he's, you know, he's not just a, a regular season stat pattern. He's a guy that can truly go through the playoffs, but obviously, and and you know, make an impact. But you know, obviously, the Golden State Warriors are the Golden State Warriors, and um, you know, adding Boogie Cousins is just going to make this a hundred times easier for them. So I, I really am not expecting anything different. I expect the golden state warriors to win the NBA finals, but I do think I do agree with you that it could go seven games. I think that that could be a very, very competitive NBA finals because Kawhi has been known to be a problem for the golden state warriors in the past. Oh, uh, absolutely. And also I want to see, Chris Paul, James Harden get a ring one one oh, one year someday, but I think that'll happen because I know the Rockets are in a win now mode. But also talk about the timeline. When will LeBron and Rondo return? So right now, um, I believe that LeBron would probably take the next couple of games off. So obviously, I believe that he's going to be ruled out for the Houston Rockets game. I think that they'll probably rule him out. Uh, for the Golden State Warriors game, because I think right now at this point, there's two things that are really popping up in the mind. Number one, it's the fact that this is really the first major injury that LeBron James has had throughout his entire career. This is the most games that he's missed in his whole career. Um, and number two, he's he's an older body, but at the same time, he you know the fact that he's an older body and the fact that he's more of a 
later in the season guy is going to compel you to want to rest him at this point. Um, so as of right now, I'm taking, I am currently taking a look at the Los Angeles Lakers upcoming schedule. So like I said, I expect him to miss the Warriors game. I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe comes back for the Minnesota Timberwolves game, maybe the Phoenix Suns game. Um, and the timeline on Rajon Rondo, who I do think is a very, very important uh, key for this team right now. Um, I, I think he's absolutely itching to get back. Hopefully he comes back soon from that, uh, from that right finger sprain. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then talk about our player prediction for the Lakers and their franchise guy. Is it going to be Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Big Zoo, or Kyle Kuzma? I, I think for me at this point, I've seen enough to where I can look at it and firmly believe that it's Kyle Kuzma. Um, I think Kuzma is probably – Kuzma is obviously the better pure shooter, I think, out of the five. Um, I think he probably has the most developed game at this point, although a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's spent more than one year in college and he's got, you know, he, I, I think he has a lower ceiling than an Ingram or maybe Alonzo Ball, but I look at it right now and I think that Kuzma, with the way that he stepped up with LeBron out of the lineup, putting, uh, you know, putting up the numbers that he has, I look at him right now as, the, as kind of the future number two, maybe three, behind LeBron, depending on whether they get another star or not, of course. Oh, I think it's going to be Kuzma for, to be the Lakers franchise player with Ingram and Ball. Those three will be no doubt the Lakers franchise player. Josh Hart, too. But I think this Lakers team has a very, very nice young core. I do. I think they have a very nice young core as well. I actually, while we have a second, I did want to run something by you real quick that I heard. So let me, let me just get your thoughts on this. So today, obviously you heard about the um, – with Kyrie coming out, uh, you know, he talked about how he called LeBron to apologize about how he was this young player wanting everything at his fingertips. So now there's all this speculation coming out that maybe Kyrie doesn't want to be in Boston and be that leader. There's some speculation that he may want to come to LeBron, LeBron's side in L.A. I was wondering to, uh, what your thoughts were on that. I don't see it happening. I mean, I see Kyrie Irving saying in- – Boston I know he likes it in in the Celtics I think he and Gordon Hayward are going to find a way to play together I know it's going to take time I know Gordon Hayward's not been the same since that uh gruesome leg injury but I think uh Kyrie Irving will stay in Boston I don't think he's going to the Lakers either um you mentioned Gordon Hayward hopefully he's able to kind of reconcile his his career a little bit because he just looks like they it just looks like a bad fit right now in that offense he just can't seem to get flowing in that offensive game normally known for being a pretty solid shooter from the perimeter just can't seem to really find consistency and rhythm with his shot right now in that offense and um, I do think that Kyrie is kind of gonna start to take control a little bit of that team as far as leadership is concerned and you know I think I, I don't agree I don't agree with this idea that he's going to leave Boston for, for say the Knicks. I, I don't, I think that's an absolutely absurd assumption. I think that he'll be able, I think that he'll be willing to stay in Boston for a long time. Oh, for sure. But, and then uh, let's give, let's give our final NBA thoughts. And then I'll also address before we end this, what we will talk about next week. All right. My, uh, so my final NBA thought of the night is um, about Russell Westbrook who I am 
I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm not the biggest fan of, never really have been. I always thought he was a uh, kind of a stat patter. It's getting incredibly ridiculous at this point with the shooting. He was 7 of 30 tonight. He's shooting about as bad as he can for his career. At, and he's got the worst free throw percentage of his career. To put it into perspective for you, a lot of people don't understand this. Out of all, out of 175 players that have taken 90 plus shots on the year, he is 171st in shooting percentage. It's getting, it's just getting absolutely absurd. I think somebody in the Oklahoma City organization needs to hold this guy accountable for his shot selection, for his self awareness, all that type of stuff. And, um, you know, it, it's just getting. It's just getting unbelievable. We need to rein it in, people. I don't care about the triple doubles. I don't care about the, the, the stat padding, all that stuff. It doesn't matter to me. The problem is, is that as he's getting older, he's getting less efficient, and it's an issue. It is an issue for Westbrook, but I think he can find a way to get himself back on track. But for, for my final NBA thought, um, it's going to be the Warriors and Raptors in the NBA Finals. I think there's going to be a great NBA Finals showdown come June. I think it will be a great NBA Finals showdown come June. I'm basically just waiting at this point for the NBA Finals since I already know what's going to happen during the regular season. But certainly I hope that the playoffs, uh, the rounds before the conference championship are, are at least interesting, to say the least. All right, so Keith, next week what we're going to talk about is for MLB, we will do the uh, all-30 MLB preview for the 2019 season, which will start next Thursday, January 24th, when we are next time on air. We will preview the Los Angeles Dodgers and New York Mets 2019 season. And for the NFL, we will recap Championship Sunday, preview the Pro Bowl, and then talk about the Super Bowl and whoever that matchup may be. We'll talk about that. And then in a few weeks, we'll predict the outcome of Super Bowl 53. And then after the Super Bowl for the NFL, we will do our all 32 NFL teams outlook for the 2019 offseason and what their needs are for the 2019 season. And for the NBA, we'll just continue previewing games and latest news around the NBA. So, Keith, um, I'll talk to you next Thursday at 10 p.m. All righty. See you then.